Hello everyone and welcome to the first edition of uh, Dudes Who Like Movies in the year 2020, actually in the decade of the 2020s. Mm, the it, roaring 20s, if you believe emo culture's on the rise. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's coming back, thank you, little peep uh, and juice world. Exactly. Bring it back. They dead. Anyway, right um, it is yeah currently January 1st, uh, we're starting this at 3 o'clock p.m., uh, did you do anything last night? Because I pretty much got drunk as shit with my uh, uh, future wife and her in-laws. We played ping pong and watched uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, and then we went to bed, and I actually didn't stay up till midnight. So. I went uh, down to Old Town with Hope, because I brought her to town. Uh, we went to Brandon's house for a little bit, saw them. Uh, then we went downtown, saw the ball drop, went back to her house. I drank a lot of whiskey. Oh, thank you. And uh, uh-huh. she gave me waffles, and then I drove home, and I was home at like 3.30 in the morning, and then I went to bed, mm-hmm. and then I woke up at like 11, and then I just started playing Witcher 3, which is the game of the decade, by the way. Don't at me. Red Dead 2. No. At me. <laughs> anyway. Witcher um, 3 Wild Hunt. And so, yeah, I had about three shots of rum, a couple shots of Jack, and a couple shots of, um, I finished off a bourbon that I got for a birthday present a couple years ago. Anyway. That's so. a whiskey. This first episode of the year, we're eating gummy worms. I am Dan didn't do anything last night, but get drunk and hang out. And this is I really have to go to the gym after this, Alec. Yep. Which actually, I'm trying to dress like this. Yeah, here is dressed to go to the gym. What yeah, we're eating gummy worms. No gummy bears. My bad. Well, it's gonna. Well, this is arm day. Yeah. Anyway, so since it is the beginning of the new decade. I thought it'd be cool if we went and talked about our favorite movies from last decade, and we'll do our top ten of 2019. So basically how it's going to work is we'll, we'll start at 2010, go to 2019, we'll give kind of our favorite couple movies from each year, because we don't want to like do ten for each year. Yeah. So we're just going to do like one or two, maybe maybe sometimes, like I have one with three, and then, you know, and I see you have some with two. Mm-hmm. So it's like general, like our favorite ones that we watched. Yeah, just some of our favorite movies from the year. Um... Again, this is all our opinions, yeah. But we'll start out uh, twenty ten. Um, do you mind if I go first? You are uh, Probably my favorite movie that year, a movie that I waited eleven years for and loved it. Toy Story three, man. Mm. Such a good movie, and uh, I feel like Toy Story four coming out this year wasn't completely necessary because the third one ended on such a great note. But you know what? You, you can't really do much. No. But no, it, it was it was a movie I was looking forward to. I liked how it had all the all the toys interacting with each other and. I thought it was a very emotional ending where, you know, Andy gives them away. And, man, the first time watching the movie when they almost die in the incinerator, I literally was oh, like... Oh, I know. I was like, I was actually wondering that, too, because, like, the, the giant uh, teddy bear, like, was like... Uh, Being a dick, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, see ya. And they're all, like, about to die. I'm like, are they actually going to end it like this? Like, just incinerator? I, I thought they were going to. <laughs> Me, too. Like, for real. But anyway, and then um, another one of my favorites from that year, uh, Inception. I thought it was a very interesting idea. The idea of, you know, dream within a dream within a dream. I think the South Park uh, simplification was a lot easier to follow oh, yeah. in the movie, to exactly. be honest with you. But, um, and then, you know, I, I don't know what else to say besides the visual style in that movie is really interesting. I thought it's an interesting concept. A lot of actors, I think, actually kind of sort of got their start with that movie, because I know Tom Hardy wasn't really no, yeah, well-known before he, that. No, because then he got that, that one movie that came out, like, three years later, uh, where he played the, those two brothers. Oh, I, you know, I have that movie, and I still I, haven't watched it. I have it. I watched it one time when I bought it, but I forget the name. It's called Legend? Legends, that's was it. Was it good? It was really good. I need to buy it, because I got it for, like, I mean, I, I need to watch it. I watched it, or I bought it when it was, like, five bucks on Black Friday. I was like, oh, I like Tom Hardy. That's how I go, too, it was on Black Friday. Anyway, uh, what about you from 2010? Kick-ass. 
I love that movie that, too. Honestly, it was just it was just something so weird because it reminded me kind of like that kind of visual, just weird kind of style like Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. you know, or it's just like weird, you know, wacky, and then but without the vi- but this one had violence in it, like a lot of like hardcore. Oh yeah, I love hard, like like Scott Pilgrim was just like you know cartoony ish mm-hmm. video game, but this was like hardcore like violence. It was super funny. Oh, and plus Nick Cage. You can't yeah, Nick wrong. Cage. Oh my god, he was the father. He was like basically like the their version of Batman. Yeah. And, you know, I thought that was a great movie. And another one, just an honorable mention for me, was The Book of Eli, because I really like... You know what? I, I forgot about that movie. I really like Post-Apocalypse. So that was another one of my favorite. Plus, Denzel. Can't. Denzel motherfucking Washington. Exactly. So, like, that was I'm another one of my favorites out. from 2010, because, you know, it's it's an apocalypse movie. And, I mean, it, it, it was a twist at the end I didn't see coming. Yeah. I mean, I, I got that for you for Christmas this year, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. I really, yeah. that, was, that was one of my favorites in 2010. There you go. Uh, anything else from 2010? Uh, nope, just those two for me. Right. Uh, 2011 was a little bit more kind of off for me because there wasn't really that many movies yeah, that year that it, came out. I only liked one. Yeah, I mean, the the best picture winner that year was The Artist, and it was a black and white silent film, and I'm like, what? I, I have actually uh, wanted to watch that movie because I know... I knew about the concept when I bought um, a movie uh, two Christmases ago called Sunshine. It was a 20s movie back at... Uh, at Walmart when it was on sale, I was like, "Huh, this is really good." And then I was looking up, you know, silent movies, and that one popped up because it was the, like artist. the first. Yeah, the artist popped up. It's like one of the first ones since like that era to win an Oscar. But you know, I have yet to watch it, so I couldn't tell you. But yeah. uh, my my first thing popped in my head. You ever see Fifty Fifty with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and um, Seth I, Rogen? I vaguely remember watching it. I just haven't watched it in a long time. It's it's a nice. I mean, it's a movie about a guy who has cancer and he's like has to deal with that whole thing and his you know chances of surviving are fifty fifty. Oh and, yeah. And I don't know how else to say it besides it's like it like it's handled very well. Like it's not just a comedy, you know. Like you show him like he he's crying and breaking down at one point like before he gets the surgery. Yeah. And uh, I remember like it's been out for like God now nine years, but um the the end, the end of the movie he gets the surgery and he survives. Um, and I forget exactly what the doctor says, but he's like, you know, hey, I'm sorry, there was a lot of damage, uh, but he survived, and they're all freaking out at first, and then he's like, but they survived, and then Seth Rogen's like, you should start out with that. Start out with he survived. <laughs> but, right, it was a good, uh, it had a good heart to it, you know? Hmm. And then I also really liked, just, you know, Captain America, the first movie. Yeah, is that, didn't that end, uh, Thor come yep. out here? Mm-hmm. Oh, and Rise of the Planet of the Apes was pretty good. Yeah, that's my favorite from that year. Go ahead. Mine was Rise of Planet of the Apes, because obviously I like the reboots. I mean, they're not going to be, you know, beat Charlton Heston, but I think they did a really good job, and especially that ended uh, two years ago with War. Mm-hmm. War for Planet of the Apes was fantastic. Oh, my God. But Rise started it all. I hate they didn't bring, they could not bring back James Franco, but I did see they did give him a nice little mention in, in War. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I really liked it. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Andy Serkis is amazing. Yeah, I was never really one for the Planet of the Apes movies, and then you know, I saw that, and holy crap, it was actually good. Right? Yeah. Andy Serkis deserves an Oscar for those movies. He really does. But, you know. Um, so 2012, I think, is when it gets really spicy, and mm. I mean that in a good way. Um, I'm not sure if it's my favorite movie that year, but oh man, I loved it. Uh, Django Unchained. Oh my god, that was... So... Tar- Tarantino, man. That For me, it, that was one of my, that was my second choice between my that one and my favorite from that year. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't decide... It, it just, I don't know, it's like one of those, like, it's obviously, it's about slavery, so it's it's a tough subject, and they treat it, you know, like it is, yeah. because they show a guy getting, 
you know, eaten by dogs or something, and they're just you it's know, torn mandingo apart fights, and yeah. it's it's not handled like, oh, it's all a big joke. In fact, I think Tarantino does the thing, he makes all the slave owners the, the big stupid idiots in those movies, you know? You have my curiosity, but now you have my full attention. Mm-hmm. Plus, Leo DiCaprio, man. Like, oh my god. I'm, I'm going to argue to the day I die that he did not deserve that Oscar for The Revenant, they just gave it to him out of pity. Yeah, he deserved it for, for Django. And for Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, which we'll get to in a minute, but... I, I don't know, it's, and it's just one of those things. I, I loved Django when I saw it, and I think that was the first Tarantino movie I saw in theaters because I had just turned 17. Mm. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go see this movie because I can. Nobody can say I can't. So, nice. Anyway, but no. Uh, and then, uh, can I keep going or do you want to go? I can go going. Go on. Right, I got two more. Um, so, Skyfall, James Bond. That that was that was my tie too. It gets a little slow towards the end, but man, that yeah, that's villain. probably the best Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond, in my it's, opinion. I'm gonna say it is. Uh, Casino Royale is a close second, though. Yeah, but Skyfall, it just the story, the villain, the villain. Oh my God, Javier Bardem is the villain. Is so I, I know. good, and his 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 background, like why he's doing it, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just it all makes sense. The writing was fantastic. The action was really good. And, and oh my god, I, I like how there wasn't movie. really even a Bond girl in that movie besides like yeah. M. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. M. Really, there really wasn't because they weren't focused on like you know him seducing all these these women like he mm-hmm. normally does because that's you know James Bond, which I'm not excited for the new one. Not gonna lie, you are not excited, or you? Are? I am not. I don't know, but because they said they it was not going to be you know it was going to be 007 because it's just a number. But they were going to change it to a, a black woman, and I'm like, why? It, it's I don't really care because it's still Daniel I, I, Craig as James Bond, so whatever. I get it. I, yeah, me too, but I think they're shifting the focus away from Daniel Craig is why. Which, I mean, he doesn't want to be James Bond anymore, I don't think is what it was. Well, yeah, he's made like five now, so he's... So, he's, like, I understand why he's I think, like, is that second after, like, um, Connery and uh, Roger Moore? Because I, I know that's more than Pierce Brosnan and Timothy Dalton. Connor, it was Connor who made more... Or, not Connor. Uh, yeah, Sean Connery made more than... Um, what's his name? Uh, no, Roger Moore made like seven of them. I, I thought I'm okay. Google. I have to Google this. Whatever. But anyway, I, I um, was... Skyfall's really good. And then um, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but man, the first Avengers movie. Uh, I, I mean, it was we, we hadn't good. seen anything like that before. You I know? know it was good. It just wasn't like my thing because like I like superheroes, but I'm not like mm-hmm. wicked into it. You know, I, I I don't know. It's just seeing the Hulk and Iron Man and Thor and Captain America all team up together in a movie, it's like, we didn't think that was possible. Like, right. that, like, like even four years before that when Iron Man came out, you know? So, yeah, that's true. I don't know, it, it, it was fun. The last, it, I mean, come on, even if you don't like superhero movies, that last, like, third of that movie where they're all fighting in New York. Yeah, I know. That, that was actually pretty cool. And then they referenced it at Endgame. I thought it was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Those are, like, probably my three favorite of the year. All right. Mine would have to be between like Skyfall and The Dark Knight Rises. See, I really like that one better than The Dark Knight. And people just still, you know. I mean, The Dark Knight Rises was good. I mean, it wasn't like my favorite out of them because you know, I mean, that was the one with the Scarecrow. No, Dark Knight Rises was with Bane. Oh no! Wait, was it? No, Scarecrow was Batman Begins. Oh, that's right. God damn it! I keep mixing this up. Yeah. Ah, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. God. But yeah, um, I thought the ending, though, where he dragged the bomb away, I thought that was interesting. Um, kind of a dumb little fake out, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then it's just like, in the ending where it's like, Alfred's like, I was always imagining seeing you in, like, France or something in a train station with a, with a wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Then he just sees him at the train station with a wife and kids. I mean, we kind of went into it on our first episode with the Batman stuff, but, like, my... 
complaints with that movie are very minimal. I think my biggest complaint is that Bane kind of gets sidelined at the end. Yeah, I like like the college humor thing really mm-hmm. talks about it in depth. But anything else from 2012 for me? Nope, just those two really. Okay. 2013 was not a good year for me in terms of just, like, my life, that things were going around. Mm. But I did see, I mean, well, God, what's that movie? Um, and a 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture. I haven't seen it, but I've, I've seen clips, and it's real. That, Actually, no, I did see it on YouTube one time. It's a great movie. It is. It's intense, but it's good. I know. And then, but I would say my favorite movie that year, Wolf of Wall Street. Mine was 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> I different was, different reasons, but they're both very good movies. I just thought the cinematography was great. I thought the Loiter Squad episode where they were auditioning for 12 Years a Slave was great. Mm-hmm. Tyler, the creator, should have been in there. <laughs> hey, let me talk about Wolf of Wall Street real quick. Then you, and then, Go right ahead. I don't know. It's like, it's one of those movies, like, they don't really glamorize. Well, they kind of do glamorize the whole, like, corrupt Wall Street people. Like, at the same time. Like, they make it, it's like, like the average man... Like, cause like, especially nowadays, even in mm-hmm. 2013, like with all with phones, technology, like people could become famous by literally doing the most innocuous, stupid shit. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like, and then with that, it's like, hey, it's so great. Like, look at all these people that have millions of dollars, and like everybody feels that kind of envy and jealousy. But then, I think with Wolf of Wall Street, it glamorizes that. But then it shows the dark side of like, hey, when you do a bad thing, it'll catch up to you eventually. Like the um. Uh, yeah, that movie, I literally call it the definition of excess, because, like... <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the opening... He did coke off of one of that. Yeah, literally, that's the opening scene. But yeah. I do like how he's like, no, he, he went to jail, and he's definitely not not someone to be looked up to. So. Yeah. And then also, I really like Gravity. I've seen it one time, but I still remember it. It's one of those things where, like, it's simple, but it's really good. I have not seen that movie. Really? Nope. I saw it in theaters. I don't believe I saw it in 3D, but it was still good. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Sandra Bullock gives a really good performance. And even George Clooney, shit. I forgot he was in that movie. No, he was. I I know the cast, but I didn't see the movie. But anyway, 2014. For me... No, wait, did you finish 2013? Yes, it is. Just 12 years slave. For me, 2014, Birdman. Loved that movie. I saw it, and I loved it. I haven't seen it since, but it's. I love Michael Keaton, man. He's one of my favorite actors. Oh, yeah. You know, it just... It, I mean, it's it's Birdman, man, and then the, it's, especially it's, like the the whole thing at the end, where he's walking back to the stage in front of all the audiences and the Birdman's flying above him. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! The cinematography in that movie, man, fantastic. It's all edited to be one shot, which apparently nineteen seventeen that movie that comes out in a couple weeks, at least wide release. That's supposed to be in one shot too. I I hope so. I can't wait to see that movie. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not on our top ten of 2019, because we haven't seen it. But I mean, I probably put it up at least number two, or mm-hmm. uh, because I love the time period, where, like World War One oh, yeah. anyway. But, um, do you have any other ones from 2014? Eh, not necessarily. Okay. About you? I thought 2014 was a great year for movies. It was. I mean, it started out, I mean, come on, the Lego movie. Like, I know it's dumb, it's a kid's thing, but it was fun. It, know, it's it, like nobody but, thought a movie about Legos would work. Well, we, we did see Lego Batman, I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, you get a lot, there's been a lot of knockoffs since then, like the, the friggin', um... The, 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 that terrible Lego Ninjago movie, which was like... Well, it's, that's still better than what the, 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 what's that thing that just came out with Daniel Radcliffe, the, you know those other little toy thingies oh, that they're trying to make a movie out of? Oh, God, I know what you're talking about. Um, Pinko Plinko or something like that? Or? Oh, God. 
Hold on. We have to look this up. Hold on one second, folks. Oh my god. Movie. Mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, oh, Playmobil. Playmobil. God, that was. Mm. But no. Oh, uh, okay, what let's, in the hell? Let's let's move forward. But no, it um. A seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The twenty-five for Metacritic. Okay. <laughs> We're good. Mm. Um, no, Lego Movie was fun. I also really loved uh, Captain America Two: The Winter Soldier. I think it's the most you know one of the best, if not the best, in the MCU. Oh, yeah. Because it's a modern-day spy movie, you know, with Captain America. Oh, yeah, that, that has uh, the Winter Soldier, that, 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 that Russian. Right? <laughs> no, it's just it's a modern-day <laughs> spy thriller where it's like, oh, hey, Captain America's actually pretty badass. And, you know, it, it um, he's a guy from the 40s whose idea of good and wrong, evil is so black and white. And then in this new movie, they're, it, you know, it's very gray area for him. And he has to, like, kind of, I don't know. Yeah, that was good in terms of like the solo MCU movies. That's probably my favorite. Okay, I can dig that. Yeah. Um, also, X Men: Days of Future Past, staying on the on the superhero thing. Oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. That was I don't know. It just it felt like an actual good X Men movie for I, the first time because like Wolverine's I, in it, but he's it, not the main character. It and was great. I forgot about it to be honest with you because I mean, it's X Men. It's you know mm-hmm. I, I like X Men too, but it's just like. It's one of those things where the timelines are confusing, too. Because it's like, is this one Neil Patrick Harris or James Franco? <laughs> Which <laughs> one no, is it? it um, no, the... the <coughs> I liked how they brought back the old cast. Like, obviously, Hugh Jackman. I think Halle Berry has, like, one line. But they brought back Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. But they also went back to the 70s. And, oh, hey, there's James McAvoy and, uh, what's his name, Michael Fassbender. Hmm. And, and all the actors are good in that movie. The plot makes sense. They're trying to just stop, you know, Mystique from killing whatever this guy that causes the Sentinels to be started. Yeah. And that pretty much screws up the whole future for everyone. Um, the scene where Patrick Stewart talks to James McAvoy, where they're the same character, but, yeah. like, you know, I thought that's a very poignant scene. Um, all about facing your fears and using fear to turn you into a better person. And then, oh, Quicksilver. You remember that whole scene? Vaguely, where he like they're they're in the Pentagon, they're trying to escape, and these guys are going to shoot him, and then Quicksilver just goes really. Oh quick yeah, he, and, he, he runs around really quick, and he starts like yeah, knocking the yeah yeah. Okay, <laughs> that was pretty fun. That was actually kind of funny. But, um, I got a few more from this movie or from this. Garnet, Garnet. Um, American Sniper. Did you see that? I did because I remember when I there was I walked in there in the line when I was walked into the theater because I was going to mm-hmm. see a different movie the, before. And Victoria came up, and she's like, are you here for American Sniper? I was like, no. And the line was all the way from the stand out to the door. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Well, I when I started working there a couple months after, or a couple weeks after it came out, and um, he, I remember Daryl or somebody told me, or even Aaron, they were just like, man, you should have been here a couple weeks ago when American Sniper was there. And, and apparently some guy... He came in on Christmas, because that's when it was supposed to be released, yeah. but it wasn't released wide until like January something of the next year, yeah. and he got so pissed that we, did, that we didn't have it, that he like threw one of those big table chairs or whatever across the whole auditorium. Like, really? Because we didn't have American Sniper? Yeah. At the time, which you just needed to wait a couple weeks. But no, American Sniper, I, don't, it, it, I really like that it's not like a pro-war movie, it's just telling this guy's story, you yeah. know, and the effects that war has on the common man and just him and all of a sudden he's kind of a celebrity with like you know doing all those things Bradley Cooper was fantastic you know I really I love Bradley Cooper in that movie I just wonder if Chris Pratt would have been any better just because he looks more like Chris Kyle 
It's true. Plus it's Clint Eastwood, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not trying to harp on Bradley Cooper at all. I'm just. No, no. I feel like Chris Pratt might have been a good choice as well, just because he looks just like you know. Yeah, he really does, actually. Um, okay, so then, and then the last one, which I know you'll wholeheartedly agree with me on, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh God, no! Terrible movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you should see my face. No. No. Um, no. I went into that movie thinking it was going to be good, and then I saw it, and I was just like, "Holy crap! This is an actually really good." Because it's like a, it's like their civil war, like their version of like what happens when like post apocalypse. It's so it's post apocalyptic because it's after the virus has wiped out most of the humans because they couldn't deal with you know mm-hmm. the apes, uh, but they were immune. And then uh, what's his name? The villain, the uh, Khan or Co, the, the bad ape, the one that oh Koba, Koba, yeah. that's it. He's experimented on, so he has a reason to hate humans. Mm-hmm. And then he frees a bunch of people, and he splinters off, and he starts killing people. And then he eventually fights with Caesar, and mm-hmm. he think, "Oh no, it's about to destroy this entire." No, no, Caesar brings him down. Well, remember, uh, you had apes on horseback firing guns. That was pretty cool. Yeah, no. But no, just like even the vi- the mo- like, it felt like the, it felt the like sense of tension in that whole movie is just like, holy crap! Like you know, oh, we're not supposed to bring guns, but somebody brought a gun, and holy crap! And then I felt like Caesar and Gaul to me. Mm-hmm. And then, oh man, I really like the scene where uh, they get power back on or something, and like they hear music for the first time since the apocalypse, and they're all just kind of like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" And then cut to Gary Oldman, his phone lights up, and then it's a picture of his son that presumably he hasn't seen that picture for years, and he starts crying. I'm like, "That's really cool." Yeah. Just anyway, any other from 2014 from you? No sir. All right, moving on to 2015. Uh, I think you'll agree with me on this. Kingsman, the Secret Service. Nope. Really? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. It's so good. It's one. It's like Kick-Ass, but it's better. It it, it was a great. It was refreshing for mm-hmm. the spy genre, because I mean everyone likes James Bond, but I mean how mm-hmm. many other spy movies have they put out that were terrible? Yeah. So like Kingsman, but then the Golden Circle was eh. Well, but, we're talking about the Secret but, Service. But, but Secret Service, it was a refreshing thing. Yeah, I mean the bad guys plot actually makes sense. Yeah, Sam Samuel Jackson. Jackson like, he's like, I just want to reduce the world's population. Which, because to be we're destroying you, the Earth. <laughs> to be honest with you, though, that seems like all the villains of the 2010 decades have wanted mm-hmm. to do. Well, yeah. Reduce Thanos, the world's population. Yeah. Like, they had Thanos, you had Samuel Jackson, you had uh, that from Brothers Grimsby in 2017 where she wanted to reduce the world's population. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what... I think there's like they're trying to send a message. Like, Because hey, you know what the weird part is, too? Is it, Do you ever notice how almost all the maps end up starting in, like, China and India, and then mm-hmm. they're moving on to Europe. Yeah. So. <laughs> Too many people, man. But anyway. Um, yeah, and plus that, that scene in the church with uh, Freebird. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's all thought, shot to be one shot. I thought that was hilarious. He's impaling people and shooting them in the head. And they're head. all, like, murdering each other. He's like, he's, like, he's like a super spy, and he's, like, ripping mm-hmm. them to shreds because he's, like, all this training. He's pulling out his guns and mm-hmm. all these awesome flexes. That was great. Yeah. No, it, it was great. And then... Um, Oh geez, uh, what other ones? Uh, obviously, I gotta get out of the way. Force Awakens, Star Wars Seven. I loved it. People have their issues with it. I understand I, that. I, it's, but it's, I feel like it's just a rehash. But it was the first one in ten years at the time, and it felt like Star Wars. And it felt literally like a Star Wars movie because mm-hmm. I mean, we had had one in ten years. Yeah. So it's like you could argue that we hadn't really had a movie that felt like Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. You know, yeah. really. So. But, yeah, we talked about that before, so we don't have to get too much into it. Um, I got two more, if that's cool. Go, go um, Straight out of Compton, man. Oh, yeah. God, that, that movie, it, it, I don't know how else to say. It was just like a biopic done really well. I thought it was better than Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought it was, you know. Honestly, yeah, me too. It, it just, 
I don't know. I liked seeing that part of the the music world, you know. And, yeah, and it's it's not like you know, like Elton John's movie or like um, Bernie Mercury's, where it's mm-hmm. like a little bit of adversity here. This was like nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. The start of now the most popular like genre, which is gangster rap. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like and just kind of seeing like obviously it coming out in 2015. A lot of police brutality was happening at the yeah, time, and so, it still is. And so, like, that movie, fantastic. I really um, liked it, too. The performances are all really good in the Ice movie. Ice Cube's son was great. Mm-hmm. The guy who plays Eazy-E, the guy who plays Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Even Paul Giamatti, our boy. I love Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. I, he has been in some weird movies, but he, he knows how to pick a decent project. Mm-hmm. Other than that. He's good in pretty much anything he's in, as far as I know. Yeah, really. So. Even in that one terrible movie that I saw that he was in, he was a scientist. Um, it was Ridley Scott. Oh, God. I, I saw it in theaters, and I was disappointed as hell. We don't have to worry about it. Anyway. But he was in it. Fantastic. Um, and then my possibly my favorite movie of the year, that year, Inside Out. Really? It's such a... I don't know. Cause maybe I was going through some stuff at the time, but the I love the message that it tells kids that, hey, sadness is actually a good thing. Yeah. Sadness is completely normal. It's okay to feel sad because other emotions come out of it. Because you, know, you feel sad, and that makes you feel better. Yeah. You know, sadness is a completely normal part of life, and you don't need to tr- be happy all the time. Yeah. And I thought, I just thought that was a really, really good message, message. You know, I remember seeing that at the drive-in in Nashville mm-hmm. with my brother because it was a double feature of that and some other movie. I think it was Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Because, oh God. Yeah. Well, we. Yeah. Trust me, I know. But we we saw my other fate, my favorite of that year before. And then we were just like, you know what? We still have time. Let's just watch another one. So we went on the double feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and said it was great, but uh, Tomorrowland. No, but no, I just, and Pixar, you know, they hadn't really made a great movie in a couple of years, probably since toy story three. Oh God. Yeah. And so then four years later, they picked right up. Mm-hmm. Bam. Fantastic. Yeah. Great movie. Um, that's all I had. I mean, I feel like I know what you're going to say for 2015, but go ahead. Uh, it, mine was between two. It was between Spotlight, which I don't know if it's on. God, I forgot about that movie. It was so good. Right? Like, oh it's, my it's, God. My mom Mark, and I went into that movie just because it was Michael Keaton. We didn't know what it was about. And then it's like, oh, hey, it's this story about how... The Boston Globe and the, and the whole they, thing. It was they that, broke out the story about the priests that were molesting children for and, years. And, and like, so, like, I felt bad for one of the guys because he was like, oh, he, like the priest who was like, who was older, and he was like... I was molested, so I thought it was normal. I was like, mm-hmm. that's actually the mentality of a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. Is I've, It happened to me. I mean, I'm, it must be a normal thing. So like, they grow up and become pedophiles because they don't mm-hmm. understand that it's wrong because of their young age. So for me, that was it was heartbreaking. But like they portrayed it in such a way, it was so good. And mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo, that one scene where he's getting emotional. Oh, he's like, he's we like, need to break this now. Yeah, yeah and, he's like, and, he was, and he was like, well, what if it was you? What if it was me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that, that got all me. the performances are really good in that I movie. Know. Like you had Batman, the Hulk, and you had um, God, Leah Shriver, he played yeah. Sabretooth. Yeah, good. Uh, and then my other one was obviously Mad Max Fury Road. I had a feeling you were going to say that, and that's I, why I didn't say it I before that. I love Mad Max Fury Road. I really wish. My only problem with that movie is that it's very much a visual action movie. It's it, not a story-driven it, it, it's movie. It's not, which is because it's like, because it goes for Mean Joe, mm-hmm. and he has this empire. And you have Max, who doesn't, you don't really get much of his background except from a few flashbacks. It's it's and supposed to be ca- a direct sequel, right? Like, it's not a reboot, it, it's like a sequel? It's, a, it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to be a direct sequel to Beyond Thunderdome. Okay. If I remember correctly. But the thing I hated was... He was attacked by those, like, I call them the milkmen, because, you know, they're really mm-hmm. pasting, live off of mother's milk. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, too, I hated, 
about that movie. This has always bugs me. So the world is now destroyed. It's apocalypse. Mm-hmm. They live in a giant desert. They have a water reserve underneath them. Mm-hmm. He opens up. They open up the whole thing, and they just let it go. And I'm like, okay, Mean Joe might have been a lot of things, but he wasn't stupid. Mm-hmm. He didn't just open up. And the other thing, it's like he didn't open up this giant reservoir that like poured over, which is wasting a ton of water. Mm-hmm. And then this, like, we're just gonna let it flow. It's like, okay, how often? How long do you think you can let that happen? Yeah. But yeah, but honestly, I really liked it. I thought it was visually a great movie and action. Oh yeah, movie. it definitely deserved the editing Oscar. I think it did, and it also got the uh, visual effect Oscar. And, and I honestly gotta think they should do another one. Charlie well, Theron was really good in that movie. He really was. I yeah. hope they do another one because Furiosa in that movie. Oh my god, she was awesome. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, and then 2016, when we get into now, that uh, was probably the best year for movies in my opinion of this decade. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can agree with that. Three or four of my no, yeah, no, three of my favorite. Oh yeah, one of the 2015 mention I saw was called Carol. I really like that movie. Wasn't that where the she's like a lesbian or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, fantastic but, film. All right, yeah, but. Go ahead. 2016 was probably, in my opinion, the best year for like a lot of my favorite movies from this decade were in that decade were in that year. Okay, so we had an honorable mention, Manchester by the Sea. That was the best grief movie ever. And please do not put that Will Smith one next to it because someone tried telling me that. Oh, intolerable cruelty. It, it, or no, 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 no. Um, the one that Will Smith. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The grief about movie it. where he was. Yeah. That that was terrible. Okay. Mm, I, I watched it. it. Yeah. I watched it. And I was like, okay, compared to Manchester by the Sea, because they put out grief movies around that time of year, because that's mm-hmm. when most suicides happen. Yeah, watch Manchester by the Sea. It's a much better movie, honestly, mm-hmm. folks. That's my honorable mention. Then my my two, it was split. It was between or it was between Moonlight and Hacksaw Ridge. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Silence, but let's go. I ahead. was gonna bring up Silence, but I feel that's more 2017. We because don't have to. Talk, we don't have to limit it to like three or, or two. Because I feel like year. I feel like Silence is more 2017-ish for me. Because it, I, it didn't really like what it only had like a two day mm-hmm. in 2016 really. All right, we'll go ahead and talk about your. But your... Uh, Moonlight, fantastic movie. I thought it was it was just a great drama. It did not win because it was about a gay black man because that's what a lot of people had said when mm-hmm. the movie came out. Which I mean, looking at the Oscars and all their you know, all their stupid you know controversies, controversies. This is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Watch it. It's a great drama. Honestly, I encourage people to watch it. It is a fantastic movie. If you well, like it's, it's basically about a. It's the life of this one guy, right? Yeah, and then how he, you know, he grew up with his mom, who was a nurse at one point. Mm-hmm. He's a little kid, and he becomes a teenager. She gets hooked on drugs, mm-hmm. and then she becomes a drug addict, and he's bullied. And he finds that he's trying to find himself. Finds that he's, you know, more attracted to men, and then he gets bullied for it, and then mm-hmm. he ends up going to jail because he, like, you know, I think he, like, I don't know if he killed him or if he broke his back. But, like, he whacked a kid over the head with a chair and broke the chair over him. And I think the kid was, like, twitching, so I don't know if he was crippled or not. But it was a great movie. Right. And then my other one was Hacksaw Ridge. I w- that's one of my favorites of the year. I loved Hacksaw oh Ridge. Oh, my God. The, it's, it's, it's the buildup and then the violence in that movie hits you like the, a ton of bricks. Oh, my God. The violence in that movie was the most realistic violence since probably, like, Saving Private Ryan. But oh, I was about to say, Saving yeah. Private Ryan was, like, the first 20 minutes everyone talks about. Yeah, they, the first 20 they, they minutes is that, the entire movie of Hacksaw Ridge. And then, because they said, like, uh, when Private, Saving Private came out, uh, it was shown to World War II veterans at the time, and they had said they had PTSD because it mm-hmm. was so real. Yeah, that, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn and... Um, yeah, like, actors you wouldn't necessarily see in a drama movie, but... 
Well, I liked the story because it was about a guy who's non-violent. He's being put into this violent situation. He's like, no, I'm not going to kill anyone. Yeah, because he's, he's told he wants to serve, but he wants to do it his way. Mm-hmm. He wants to help, and he wants to, you know, but he just doesn't want to take a life. And I thought that was a very interesting point because, yeah. like, then you show the, the the gruesome violence around him, and he's you're kind of like, are you sure, really, about that dude? Yeah, but, uh, this part is so when he tries to save that Japanese guy who doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, he's going to kill me. He's like, no, hold on. And then. That that scene where he like is lifting all the people down the ridge and oh man, you think he's gonna get like murdered? Because mm-hmm. like all these people like chasing him and shooting at him. He's like, no. Nope. That was a great scene because it's all about him being you know his act of bravery and yeah. Andrew Garfield and Vince Vaughn together are great. No, I feel like Andrew Garfield should have gotten the Oscar that he year. He should have. Could the Oscar uh, went to Manchester by the Sea KFC Affleck, but still. Yeah, it went to Casey. I, I thought Andrew Garfield well deserved that Oscar. Um, uh, what else do I have? Uh, we can talk. We can Deadpool. Yeah, that's true. That did come out, didn't it? Like, it was just a game changer because, man, you didn't really have R-rated comic movies before then, and Deadpool was like, yeah. And he did it right. Mm-hmm. He did it really right. Because he totally could have screwed it up because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, now, you know, you're getting more R-rated, I guess, superhero movies because, like, Birds of Prey is coming out, and then there's another one coming out I feel like it's going to be rated R, but I can't remember what it is. But it's it's just like Deadpool it had a good story, it had good chemistry between the leads. It was funny, but it didn't, you know, it was appropriately rated R because like that's what you needed to tell the story. And it wasn't it's just Ryan Reynolds. Well yeah. He is Deadpool. Yeah. Um another one I wanted to bring up so real quick, we can talk about silence. I mean yeah because that came out that year. It's, I, I I don't get all in there for like two or three days. Well and, it came out in twenty sixteen. So okay, okay I'll fine we'll consider it. That was probably my favorite Martin Scorsese movie. I loved Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. I, I love Taxi Driver, do not get me wrong. I and I like I yeah. liked all his other movies, but Silence was it was hard to watch because I mm-hmm. took my film class. I watched it because it only came out for one. It was a two and a half hour movie. Came out at ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the only one. I told you this when I and then I went on YouTube and saw a YouTube channel called Stone Gremlin Productions who review movies. And they're like, yeah, they live in like Ohio or Illinois or something. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, it was weird. Our theater only had a ten o'clock show. I'm like, oh, me too. So it's mm-hmm. not just here in Virginia. But oh my god, I watched it. It was it like I felt bad. I could not eat popcorn, even though there was only one other person in the theater. It's one of those. So like for those of you who don't probably have never heard of it, it's it's all about Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver. Which by the way, both of those actors are just amazing. I know. Um, but they're they play two Jesuit priests. They play two Jesuit priests in and, the fifteenth century, in, in the fifteen hundreds, and they have to go to Japan to find their master, Liam Neeson. Played Liam Neeson, who has gone missing, and in that whole thing, Christians it, were being persecuted in Japan at the time. Yeah, because of the Shogun, and he didn't like them. And, uh, oh my god, was it great. It's a movie because, like, they get captured and other people are dying because they refuse to denounce their faith. And it's like, come on, j- just say it. Do it. Yeah, and, and, like, they were like, just step on this plate, we'll let you go. And they mm-hmm. refuse to step on... It's like, people are dying because of you. you know? Yeah. And it's it's a hard movie to watch. Yeah, but... and especially, like, the one where they were, like, literally, like, drowning people. They're like, mm-hmm. we'll let them go if you renounce God. And he's like, no. Well, and then, oh god, that scene where Adam... It's been out for a couple years and no one's ever going to see it. But the scene where Adam Driver dies trying to save that woman, he just, like, drowns. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Yeah, that was hard. It's it's a hard movie to watch. And Martin Scorsese had said he felt like he took like twenty years to make that movie because he so just he did good. not feel like he was prepared to make mm-hmm. a movie like that. And honestly, the ending where he's getting the the Buddhist funeral, but he's holding that cross, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, no, it. It's just and the other thing too is there's no score. Oh there, yeah, there is no, no there is no tension breaker with the music. It is all when they say silence, they mean. You have to literally be quiet. Like, mm-hmm. 
I took a crunch of popcorn and I felt it's, it go loud and I just stopped eating the whole time. I was like, I'm going to wait till after the movie. You, you have to be patient to watch that movie because I remember my dad and I were on a plane from Dublin to Boston and I told him, hey, watch it. Because the first time I watched Silence was on a plane to Germany yeah. and a couple weeks later we're flying back and I'm like, dad, watch this movie. It's so good. Yeah, and, it's it's a great movie. I, I mean, I'm not religious myself, mm-hmm. but oh my god! It's it's as a Christian, it's hard to you know. It's it's one of those movies. I, it's just it really makes you think. But I, I only saw it from Martin um, Scorsese, and I'm glad I got the movie poster from Daryl at the theater. Oh yeah, he saved it for me, and I, I will thank him forever for that. Um, I need to talk about my favorite. So I love Silence, but my favorite movie that year, Sing Street, man. Because let me tell you a story. I can, I can dig that. Obviously, you know, I come from a musical family. I'm a musician myself. Yeah. That movie. Let me let me give you a little story. Okay. And I'll try to make this quick because we're already like a half hour in, but I was in California with a friend yeah. and we were with one of my dad's friends. We had hiked up to the um, Hollywood sign and back, right? Yeah. We didn't have a whole lot of water, so we were kind of just like, oh, shit. And so it was like we were tired, we were hungry, um, and we went to his house, to my dad's friend's apartment later, and we went in this pool and we're just chilling and he's like, hey, do you guys want to see this movie with me? And I had seen trailers for it. Mm. And I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like doing anything. No, I'll pay for you. Just come on. Let's go see it. We saw it. I felt so fucking happy after that movie. Mm. I don't know how else to explain it. That movie, it just makes you feel good. It's all about this kid who's discovering music for the first time, discovering like bands. Like, well, it takes place in the 80s. So you get like Duran Duran and um, Flock of Seagulls, okay. uh, Genesis. Uh, who else? Oh, The Cure. Things like that. And I think even like the opening credits has Motorhead or something. I think it was Motorhead. Yeah, so it's all about this kid who just forms a band just to impress this girl. And um, he ends up like just making music that he really loves. And oh man, it's it's such a heartwarming movie. And like as somebody who grew up and did exactly what that kid did in the movie, not to impress a girl, but just musical awakening, yeah. you know, in that movie. It's just, oh, it's beautiful. And the songs they write, it's just... I remember after I love that movie so much. After we saw La La Land, you told me I should watch it, so I bought mm-hmm. it on DVD, and yeah, I did like it a lot. It's so... Mm, I don't know how else to explain it. It's, it's one of my favorite of the decade. Just period. You know? I can dig that. That one and Hacksaw Ridge and probably Silence are my top three of that year. I can dig that. So. Alright, so 20, or 2017, that's easy for me. I have three from that year that are just my favorite. Me too. Um, so I'll, I'll go three, two, one. Okay. Uh, Logan... Me too. Mm-hmm. That's number three for me. Just oh, you no, told me to see it. Was that your? It was your second time seeing it. It was my second. I saw it opening night, mm-hmm. and I I think I was with somebody else. I can't remember, but I saw it. I think it was with Hope and Rain. Well, you, you and need... I saw the movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god! And you're like, hey, do you want to go see this with me? And I was like, I already watched it. I can sit through it again, mm-hmm. and I did. Fantastic. It's better a second time because I saw it a second time with my brother, and it's just. Because you like you don't have to you're not like focusing on well, like, the love, whole thing like you, you can actually look around you can like focus because you know what's gonna happen so mm-hmm. it's like I can look around at the environments. And all it's that. it's a drama starring Wolverine, and it's appropriately again appropriately rated R. Like the opening scene of the movie, his first words are just ah, fuck, you know he and, know. and he's murdering people with his claws. Something people wanted to see for a long time and just I don't know, it's all about him just reconciling with his past and you know looking forward or not really looking forward to the future, just kind of just making amends with himself and. I don't know, just trying to make the future better for other people. and Yeah, for the know. next generation, because the kids... <laughs> Patrick Stewart telling Logan to fuck off was just, like, really this, one of the greatest cinematic moments of that year. I, th- I think the whole thing, too, in the hotel, I thought that was pretty good. When he was passing out and everyone was shaking, I thought that was interesting. Well, and it's really sad, too, because apparently, like, he's having seizures, and because of that, it, it kills it, people around it, him, and yeah. they imply that he killed all the X-Men because of that. 
and the only reason that Logan survived was because he had, you know, he has the healing factor. Yeah. But, oh man, it, it's a, it's, mm, how else do I say it besides it's just a it is really a good drama. movie. Yeah. Oh my Hugh God. Hugh Jackman, he got robbed of a nomination for Best Actor. And, uh, it, it, yeah, I know. And then he got, then that movie got robbed of an Oscar too for Best Picture. Yeah. yeah. It's just, oh, how else can I say it? It's just a, it's a great movie. It's like, it's long and it's boring, but it, it's if you have, so, in if the you, right if reason. If you sit through it. Mm-hmm. If you can hold, hold your patience, it is amazing and worth the whole ride. Because mm-hmm. you will, at the, towards the middle, you'll be on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So then, uh, number two for me that year, Dunkirk. We saw that. We saw it right? together. We saw it opening we saw, night. We saw yeah. it opening night together. It's one of those movies, like, it, it's not told in a linear fashion, but you kind of think it is. You don't understand who's who. what's going to happen, even though if you know, like, your history, obviously. The tension is so good. the tension is great. And, and um, like, the opening shot where you just hear the gun go off randomly it's like oh that was loud and it scared you and it like that that, that is a literal war movie right there mm-hmm. and like i like how you don't really know the names of the people in the movie and they're just kind of like well yeah that's how it was it was just kids in this in this war essentially you know? yeah and they were just trying to survive and uh and then i liked pretty much all the other performances in the movie like mark rylance who played the the guy who's trying to go help the soldiers out in the war and mm. i don't know it, it's just one of those movies man it it's intense, but it's worth the watch. It really is. Christopher Nolan's amazing. Oh yeah, I'm, I think it's actually I like it better than Inception, probably. I can dig that. Yeah, but uh, and then so now my number one movie of the 2017 year. Um, I was gonna say fiscal year almost, but <laughs> my my favorite movie of 2017, Blade Runner 2049. It's on mine too. Is that your favorite? It's my it's my actually my second. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll get to your first one here in a second, but Blade Runner. It's a perfect sequel because, like, I had seen Blade Runner before. Mm. Like, I'd seen it like one time before that. I saw it at the I, Alamo right before I mm-hmm. uh, saw Twenty Four Seven. Gideon did too. But yeah. I loved. I didn't love the first Blade Runner, but I still understood it and I liked right. it and I can appreciate it for what it is. Right. I don't even know which version I saw because there was like five different versions of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the director's cut, the final cut, blah blah blah. But um, Twenty Forty Nine, it takes the ideas of the original and just expands on it. You know what I mean? And that's what a good sequel should do. It's really all about, you know, replicants. And I don't think the first one really made it clear. The replicants, I thought they were just androids. No, they're like they're, artificial they're, they're humans. Ba- they're basically like um, like synths from uh, Fallout 4, if that makes sense, where they're flesh and blood, but they are given different memories. Yeah. And um, they're artificial humans. Yeah, they're and basically like oh, the, the everything's artificial. It's like, well, what's human, what's not human? Uh, it's a great mystery movie, too, because you're trying to figure out, oh, wait, is Ryan Gosling the child of Harrison Ford and, and yeah. uh, Sean Young? Or, but I, and, you know, I like how it didn't go... It, it didn't really play with the ideas of like humanity like it did with the original, where it, like, the, like the Tears and Rain monologue, mm-hmm. where it's like... You know, Even if it didn't, it was still just a fun it, mystery. It, it, and it, it was a fun mystery. I think that's what they were going. That's what he was going for. Because Dennis yeah. Villanova, whatever he touches, turns to Oscar gold. It was yeah. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Arrival from 2016. I, I it wasn't my favorite because it was just something that like yeah. I liked it, but it wasn't like my yeah. thing. But so back to Blade Runner, it just and I feel like if you didn't really, I feel like if they had not even said the Harrison Ford was in that movie, and then he shows up at the end, it would have been really good. Mm. But it's just it's. You know, I like that it's a mystery. I like that it has ideas about you know humanity and what con- constitutes as human. You know, is it flesh, blood, the ability to procreate? Well, now, and, or what is it? Uh, what's the what's the name we just had for artificial humans in that universe? Oh, uh, androids or synths. What what's the name of the the android or? Oh, replicant, you, replicant. Replicant. I was gonna say. Yeah, like, sorry. Are you talking, no, I, the, I, the I thought you were talking about our name. I was like, wait, what no, 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 no. The called? the. Um, you know, now that replicants can, you know, apparently have kids, it's like, well, so when when does it become human? When does it not? 
And, and Harrison Ford in that movie, he's done great this decade, man. He he really has. I mean, honestly, he, it's probably been a on the upswing for him mm-hmm. this this past few years. But it. I don't know how else to say And plus it was the first movie date that Emily and I went on, so it's like my first... The fact that she sat through a two-and-a-half-hour science fiction movie and that was a sequel to a movie that, like... She had never seen. She had never seen before, and she loved it. Well, I don't know if she loved it, but she really liked it. It just, that's... Yeah. I applaud her for that if she's listening, but... My, my favorite... I, I know it's going to sound kind of campy, but it was Baby Driver. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. I really... It was... <laughs> The balls on that kid, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> that was the that that scene mm-hmm. always makes me laugh because you know. Yeah, yeah. But he's uh, a molester anyway. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, no. I just thought the mute the, the soundtrack in that movie was interesting. I mean, the the, the main character. I had never uh, the only movie I had heard that he was in that was you know, you know wide was Fault in Our Stars. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I honest to God, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what his capability was outside of that movie. So I was just like. All right, what's this gonna be? I went into that movie because I remember we saw the reviews on it. Mm-hmm. It was looked great. I'm like, you know what? All right, I know reviews don't mean anything. Let's go see what it is. Saw it, fantastic. I really liked it. I like the fast cars. I like it was just a love story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that it was action. I like. I liked. Uh, I think it was uh, Jamie Foxx's character in there. I forgot he was in that movie. I forgot his. Char- I, I loved his character. Didn't, wasn't he like a bad guy? Actually, like he, he actually he, he was. He they were all bad guys. Remember, because like and well, then, yeah, no, I'm just saying. What didn't Jamie Foxx like? Wasn't he actually like he? There was no redemption for him. Like that, he actually, no, he he wasn't. He was an actual asshole. Yeah. Like like there was the one scene they go into a gas station. And he's like, I just want a pack of gum, and he goes in there, he shoots the guy, and takes all the money mm-hmm. and the pack of gum. Yeah, like I but, hated that. And then they had um, what's his name? Um, Oh God! He played. He was. He had the stripper girlfriend. What was his name? Oh, John. Um, J- John. You know. Ham. J- yeah, John yeah. Ham. His backstory in that, where he was originally mm-hmm. like, he was a wealthy, a, a successful. Mm-hmm. He had a wife and kids. He just gave it all up because it wasn't fulfilling mm-hmm. enough, and he got a stripper girlfriend. He started shooting guns, committing crimes. Thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I I just thought it was a great movie all around. Like, I, honestly, I want one yeah. name one bad movie from him. Who, John Hamm? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen him but enough. Exactly. But I've seen a few yeah. with John Hamm, but he, he's great. And then the director himself. Mm-hmm. Dude, he did the Carnado trilogy. That's right. Yeah. 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 So like, I can't even name one bad movie from him. <clears throat> All right. Um, so 2018, I really, I thought 2018 was not that great a year for movies. It, um, it was not great, but it did have some, I had only two that okay, were so for me. For me, I only have one written down, and uh, it's Infinity War. I just, I loved Avengers Infinity War. I thought it was great that you had all those different characters in the same movie. Like, because you see the first Avengers, and it's like, oh, hey, how are we going to make six heroes in one movie work? Yeah. Well, in Infinity War, there's like 40-plus characters, and yeah. it still works, because they're all doing their own separate things, you know? And, and it wasn't too can't, it wasn't too um, mm-hmm. um, overzealous with each yeah. character. Well, no, I mean, you, you set it up so, like, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man are with, you know, the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. And then you get, you know, Captain America is with Black Panther, and um, Thor's with Rocket Raccoon. You <laughs> know? And it, it's kind of just this whole thing. I thought that was really cool, and then... The fact that Thanos won at the end, like, nobody was expecting that. Because, like, I had heard, oh, yeah, well, they're going to make another Avengers the next year. I wonder what's going to be that. No. Thanos won. Mm. And, yeah, I, I applaud Marvel for having the balls to do that. So I can dig that. Yeah. But um, I also really like Incredibles too. but, you know, there's nothing really special about right. it, I thought. But anyway, go ahead. Mine was, my first one was Into the Spider-Verse. See, I, I didn't like it as much as everyone else. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I didn't. I wasn't. It was. It was my favorite only because of the story, the animation, the attempt that like they they mm-hmm. expanded on something you wouldn't think. 
I like that it was a different, you know, it, it, it Spider-Man was, movie because he had like, you know, I Miles like the, Morales. I also like the soundtrack too. I'll give you that. The animation kind of bugged me though. At it, least it was a little weird. I will admit. seeing it in theaters on the screen. I was like, is this trying to be three D or what the hell? It, it was but, like it was like a mix of like three D and two D, but it, they kind of threw it together. Yeah, into it was. The, it was it, it was a little weird. Not gonna yeah. lie, but I thought it was fantastic. It was and, good. I just didn't love it. And the other one for me, I wasn't expecting was Eighth Grade. I it was the Bo Burnham movie. The, oh yeah. The only reason I I remember I saw it, it was August. And I saw it with Rachel because mm-hmm. it was her first time back from Richmond. And I was like, let's go see this movie, Eighth Grade. So we go and see Eighth Grade at, at uh, Loudon, Nashburn. Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, because, you know, it made me think of myself. Because, you know, at that age, or you're anxious, mm-hmm. you think you're going to do everything wrong, you don't know if you're going to fit in. Mm-hmm. It was, it just it hits you right there, because it's like, even now nowadays, like, all these kids, like, when, we, when I was in Eighth Grade in 2010... That's mm-hmm. when smartphones first started popping up. Yeah, me too. And and so like I didn't understand like what these were because you know I didn't get a phone mm-hmm. until I was seventeen. My family was poor. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what any of this crap was. And then you see all these kids and now. It's like you know these guys are like talking to the girls who want to see naked pictures because you know they're young kids. Mm-hmm. So they don't they're trying to find their sexuality. And I was like, damn, I remember being like that too. Like I didn't mm-hmm. like ask girls for it. Obviously, yeah, I wasn't yeah. like a d bag like that, but. I remember like being interested in like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like in, in girls and all that, and you know. And I was just like, damn, this is mm-hmm. like... And I remember Rachel, she felt the same thing. She was like, wow, that actually was a mm-hmm. lot like me. I was like, damn, me too. Because mm-hmm. like, I was always that awkward little kid. You well, know? yeah, yeah. Everybody has that phase. It's kind of a... Yeah, it, but it sounds Burnham, like to me... But Bo Burnham mixes the modern, you know... Uh, I guess you could say the modern uh, atmosphere with like mm-hmm. social media, cell phones, and then that anxiety uh, and, and um, unassurance of your yeah. adolescence and mixes them really really well yeah. um it sounds to me like you reacted to eighth grade the same way that i reacted to sing street yeah it, it was just like i that it's like that is i'm seeing part of my life it makes you look back on that really crappy period with kind of a, a, kind like of like a, a nostalgia almost yeah it's like i didn't i remember i hated parts of it but it's like I will never be that young again, mm-hmm. and I won't have to feel that way, but I remember how I felt. So when I watched it, it was just like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then now with that, why don't we do our top ten movies of 2019? Okay, so... Do you, want to do, wor- do you want to do ten to one or one to ten? Ten to one. Ten. Um, let's try to be quick. I'm going to give a couple honorable mentions. Okay. I'm going to actually give one honorable mention. Um, Zombie Land 2. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Didn't really bring the stakes up as much as I wanted, but it, I still liked it. I can dig that. Okay. Yeah. Um, any honorable mentions for you? No, not really, honestly. Um, I had some that were eh, but I, I really, I'll go with yours. Yeah. Um, okay, so for me, number 10, it's a tie. Uh, they're both sequels, both yep. ones that I liked. Um, they had, you know, I had some issues, but yep. I still liked them. Uh, Frozen 2 and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Okay. It, uh, you know, I, I mean, we, we both talked about those films in length, um, but like I said, they, it was, they were fun sequels, you know, they... Star Wars more kind of just was the end of a whole legacy, whereas Frozen was like a, you know, it's, it's the start of a legacy because it's a sequel. But I still, they both had things in it that I liked being sequels, you know, and things, you know, yeah. I felt expanded upon and, you know, I liked them both. Um, what's number 10 for you? Nine was Us. No, number 10. I know, that was, no, you know, 10 was Us. Oh, 10 was Us. I yeah, thought you ten, said 9 was Us. No, 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 10, 10 was Us. I, you know, I wanted to see that. I just never got the point. And then I looked I, up the I, spoilers, and I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I, I, I mean, Jordan Peele, he's put out two horror movies, Get Out and Us. Mm-hmm. 
I think it, Us was not his strongest one out of the two, mm-hmm. but I think it was still a solid movie. I, I mean, the the action, the or not the action, the gore rather was was subtle. It was mm-hmm. pretty good, but it was subtle. I thought it was an interesting concept, and I thought that it was really well. Mm-hmm. I just really liked it. Yeah. Uh, number nine for me, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie starring Tom Hanks. Okay. It's one of those movies, I mean, you saw it, it, it makes you feel... It, it, it makes you, like, because he talks to... It makes you want to be a better person, you Because know? he, he also, when he talks, like, you know, but that one scene that I was with Hope and it made me, like, like hesitate a minute, because I was like, mm-hmm. what the hell did you say? Where he's like, where he's talking to the reporter, he's like, I want you to think about, like, the first time you ever felt angry, and mm-hmm. then just sit there in silence. And I was just like, what? Was he telling me this? Because, like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you feel like he's talking also to you, yeah. not just to this guy. Because mm-hmm. he's he's also, like, a therapist. Yeah. So he's giving him advice. Well, he was, I think he was a minister. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was, too. Mr. Fred Rogers. Yeah. I think he was, too. Rogers. Yeah. yeah, Fred Rogers, I think he was. But, like, just, like, you feel like sometimes, at least in my opinion, so with Hope, like, you feel like he's also talking to you yeah. at the same time. Because it's like, I mean, everybody feels angry. Everybody feels, like, upset. Everybody mm-hmm. feels happy. So, like, when he's, like, if you feel, like, in your own life, like, you know, you feel like him, like, you're angry at something, and then Fred Rogers, which is Tom Hanks, is telling you, like, think about it, and then just sit there with it, Mm -hmm. and then it's, like, you know, you do the same thing, because you're, like, watching this movie, and then also following the same advice. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great movie, too. Yeah. What's your number nine? Mine was It Chapter Two. I I liked the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Then the second one, it was not. It was good, and now it mm-hmm. wasn't as great as the first one. Because the first one, I thought, was done a lot better with because it had the the horror factor of you know powerless kids. This one, though, I remember I was a Grace and Dylan. Grace cried the first part because of the suicide thing, mm-hmm. which I mean, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that was unexpected for yeah. me because I didn't read the book. Yeah. Um, which I have to because I own it, but. Um, I thought that was a, a whole interesting concept of they all come back, you know, because I know what happened with the first one, the, the yeah. Tim Curry. But with this one, the way they had it was these guys all came back. They were all powerful people. You know, they all had, they were all rich. They all worked in, which ironically, they all worked in Hollywood, almost all of them, I think. So I thought yeah. that was kind of weird. But uh, they all were in these powerful positions, essentially, where they were, you know, almost all on top of the world. But then they came back to mm-hmm. Derry, know, yeah. Derry, where they have the only one member of their group who didn't leave because he was so petrified of you know what was happening, mm-hmm. and all the and the rest of them who came back were all you know rich and powerful. They all came became powerless again because they couldn't mm-hmm. they couldn't overcome their own fears. It took a lot for them to like think back on their whole lives, mm-hmm. and especially that one scene where uh, the comedian I forget the the characters Bill Hader yeah. Bill. Where he's in the the synagogue and in his friend be who killed himself is giving mm-hmm. the speech like you know when you're a kid the world seems big and scary but when you become you know older it's not as big and scary but blah 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 and he's just sitting there in the church and then you know that whole thing got me a bit mm-hmm. yeah it's it was good I didn't I didn't like it as much as the first but it was still yeah, that's how I felt but it was still for me it, it had was, merit it had merit that's the yeah. thing um sorry I feel like I'm because we're already at an hour so yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, number eight for me, we went into it, so I don't really have to go much into it. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I that's I have that on my list too. I'm not gonna yeah. say where, but I, I really liked it. It was funny, but it also had a good message about indoctrination and about the fear of you know. Uh, I thought the satire was great. I thought the comedy was great. Mm-hmm. I obviously like World War Two as a time period. Yeah. So there you go. Um, what was your number seven? Me, my number eight. Sorry, number eight. Yeah. Mine was it was Crawl. 
it was Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie of the of this past year too. But Crawl, it was the movie about the girl who's going to see her father during a hurricane, and then the the place floods, and then alligators. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw. I took Rachel that on her birthday, and I saw that movie, and I was just like, it it does the the element of claustrophobic horror. Mm-hmm. It does it right with alligators, even though you wouldn't oh, think yeah. it would. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but it just that whole thing of you are in water. Mm-hmm. You cannot. You are in a small space. Alligators live in water mm-hmm. in the small space of Florida, and you wouldn't think like yeah, this girl's gonna die. She's gonna go here. There's gonna be mm-hmm. an, an alligator. It does it something different. It does it well, and I thought that like. And the jump scares were actually pretty decent. Okay. Like, I thought it was a great movie. Okay. Um, number seven for me, Toy Story 4. Okay. It wasn't necessary, but it was still fun, and it still had some moments that I thought were really interesting. Like, you know, that. Woody, he's kind of fulfilled his purpose. Like, what's he going to do now? And he, he has the choice to, you know, go and live with Bo Peep and kind of just not have to worry about with a kid anymore. And the ending scene, I mean, come on, you, you probably should have seen it. But have you seen it? Not yet. Okay, well, go I won't, go, I won't, no, I won't go ahead, it. go and say it. Go ahead. Well, just the last scene, he, he goes and he leaves Buzz and the toys, and he, Woody goes and lives with Bo Peep and all that, and he hugs Buzz Lightyear goodbye. I mean, you can't watch that and not get choked up, because, you know... Right. He, yeah, it's like, it's like he literally grew up with those movies. Yeah, so there was that. Um, yeah, it was it was a very... Oh, and it's definitely one of the lower end of the Toy Story movies, but, right. you know, it... It wasn't necessary, no, but it was, it was still... It was it done well. Yes. There were, the really one thing kind of pissed me off in the movie that they turned Buzz into just a dumbass, because... Yeah, they, they kind of turned him into... I've, I've he, heard they turned him into like a Patrick Star-esque kind of thing, where it's like where Patrick Star in the first beginning of Spongebob mm-hmm. was really smart. You know, he thought, you know, he talked really well. Mm-hmm. Then as it got more, like, later on, he started to become stupider. I, I heard yeah. that's what they did with Buzz. I'm not well, sure. They didn't really make him stupider in the, in the later movies. It's just in this movie, he's like... And Woody's explaining what a conscience is, and he's like, well, what's a conscience? Oh, your inner voice. He's like, oh. And he keeps pressing his buttons, and he hears his little inside voice. I'm like, really, Buzz? Dude, the Buzz from Toy Story 2 would not do yeah, that. Yeah, like, he's, you are a sentient toy. You know exactly what that is. Yeah, but... Anyway. Anyway, um, so that's my number seven. What about you? What's Upon a Time in Hollywood? Great movie. It really was. The Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the ending scene with the Charles Manson murderers. Oh my god! Oh, the the pool. Uh, I will say that the, the, it's the, also on my list too, so I'm not going to tell you where. The, the pool, the thing where he's he, he like marches the flamethrower. He, he marches yeah. out with it. He's like all angry. He like has he's like goose stepping after he like turns it on her in the pool. And it's one of those it. movies that like obviously Tarantino has messed with history before, obviously because you know Django and there are some people. So there are some people who are mad because they like the Jet Li or Bruce Lee's daughter thought it was insulting to him, and then. There were some people, like uh, people who were close to Sharon Tate, who were like, "Oh, so he, so she's alive in this one because they decided." Well, I'm like, "Okay, listen, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. We understand what happened was a tragedy to those people, and it really was. Mm-hmm. Sharon Tate didn't deserve it. Bruce Lee should not have died accidentally with, a, you know, I think it was aspirin. We get that it's sad, but this is just a movie to entertain people. Well, and I think it's also kind of just paying respect to those people. Like, here's what should have happened, you know. Yeah. But, and, and then and the other it's thing also too, just an homage to that time period because like the set that, design and the production design of that movie it was all like 60s, 70s because mm-hmm. my dad loves that movie and he was a child of the 60s and 70s so, so like, and, and then it's just like the other thing too is like a lot of that kind of stuff like you know my grandmother and I used to watch like old TV shows that were set up in the same way like we used to watch The Rifleman which is 
like mm-hmm. in a black and white cowboy thing, just like yeah, yeah. like he was in that that series that he was playing a cowboy in a black and white, mm-hmm. just yeah. like that. So it kind of reminded me of that kind of stuff, even though it was like you know a different thing. Yeah. It was just kind of like similar. Uh, so that was seven for you. Seven. Yep. All right, my number six. Uh, you're gonna disagree with me on where the placing is, but Joker. I, I like Joker. Hmm. Not my favorite of the year, but mm. it was still good. <laughs> I, I'm looking at your list right now. I see it. But. Yeah, yeah, but you do. <laughs> no, it, I still liked it. I just didn't it, like it as much as you did, apparently. I I, I like character study movies. I know. It, I it loved, wasn't bad. I liked Taxi I Driver. But, like, did you see the meme I had, Jim, where it, Martin's, where it had... Um, it was uh, King of Comedy and Joker, and it was it was like the you know the elephant thing. Like, what the hell is this? Where it had Joker and um, oh King yeah, King yeah, of yeah, Comedy yeah, yeah. And, and Taxi then, Driver, and, taxi driver and then it's Martin Scorsese pointing over at the Joker. He's like, what yeah. the hell is this? Yeah, no, it <laughs> Joker. It, I liked it. It was a character study, and it, it was it, it was that the reason I liked it so much was because it's a movie about a villain. Mm-hmm. And it's um, or it's realistic. Too. Well, it's all about how it, society treats people. We, we did a whole half hour review of this. We don't I know. And but the, the thing I liked the most was you you would like you feel bad for him, but he teaches you throughout the movie like why like even though like you see him getting bullied and you see mm-hmm. him taking his revenge like yeah yeah f that guy and f that girl, but it's like you don't feel bad for him because he teaches you to not idolize him or feel bad for mm-hmm. him at the end of the movie. That's like, fair. Like, he shows you, like, yeah, you feel bad for me in the beginning, but as we get progressed to the story, you realize why you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I like it so much. Um, what's number six for you? El Camino. Do you finally got to watch it? I finally got to watch it, and oh my god, it is a love letter to Breaking Bad. It's so it good, right? It really like, is. It, it's, it's. I didn't expect it to be as, like, small of a story as it is because if you really think about it it's just Jesse Pinkman trying to get money to get away yeah because yeah. it's like it's you. everyone's wondering what happened after he drove off into mm-hmm. the sunset at the end of at the end of the show well he didn't drive from the sunset it was like night well, well I know it was night but I'm saying you know that's the expression you drive into the sunset you're driving mm-hmm. far away so like you, everyone's wondering like, well, dude what is going to happen is this like the end of the story is like he just mm-hmm. goes somewhere we all want to mm-hmm. know and then what you get like what six, five and a half six years later and then they're finally like, okay, here's what happened. Yeah. And here's what's happening. And it's like, I well, I, I could Paul, not have man. asked for something. I could not have asked for anything better. The, the twists in that movie are really good. Like where he's in the apartment and the two guys show up and you yeah. find out who they are. And mm-hmm. I, the God, watch, going back. I mean, you don't really, you do need to have seen Breaking Bad, but you don't need to have seen it recently to understand the movie. Yeah, if you watch but, it the last two or three seasons, you mm-hmm. should be fine. No, I'm saying like I, the last time I watched Breaking Bad was like five years ago, so I still like oh. knew what was going on. No, oh, okay, because the, the stuff last time with I the scenes too. with Todd were just hard to watch, you know, because just they really yeah. were. And dude, it, I don't know. It's it's just one of those movies that um, it's very small in scale, but if you but know, it hits home. Mm-hmm. It, it is a literal it, love you, letter you to root, Bad fans. You root for Jesse Pinkman, you know, and yeah, because yeah. because I mean, it, his whole arc throughout the series, from like beginning to end, like mm-hmm. you just you see like the cards he was dealt, and then you feel just so bad for him. And then the climax of that movie too, or is just like so small if you think about it. But it, it it's simple but effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel felt about it when I watched. I was like, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, it it was. It's just a great movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so then number five for me, uh, The Dirt, Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, not just because I like Motley Crue, but just because of how realistic it was, because everyone loves Bohemian Rhapsody, and it, Bohemian Rhapsody was fine. Yeah, it was great, but, but this was like, these are This some... was the way Bohemian Rhapsody should have been, because it was actually like, Motley Crue were not, a P, they were not PG-13, they were hard R. Like, the opening scene of the mm-hmm. movie shows Tommy Lee eating a girl out, and she's like, squirts all over the fucking... Yeah, I know. You know but it, it just... 
they show you the dark side of drugs and stuff because you like see Nikki Six when he's injecting heroin into oh his neck. Yeah, like that was a hard thing to watch. You know. Well, then again, like uh, like they te- they tell you about his backstory, and so like he, you can understand why he did what he why mm-hmm. he was like hooked onto drugs. Like I can understand why because mm-hmm. like that's that's a hard thing to go through with an abusive parent, especially yeah. when it's your mother. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was one of those things. It was hard to watch, but it was it was. I really respected it for how real it was, you know. And plus, yeah. the characters are fun, you know. Like the guy Machine Gun Kelly plays Mo- or, uh, plays Tommy Lee, and he's really good. Yeah, the guy I, the who only plays thing, Nikki Six. The only thing I hate, didn't like about that was they made like Tommy Lee in the beginning. He was a nice guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But then when they got towards like when they became you know successful, you know, mm-hmm. and he married um, what's her name, the, Pamela Anderson. Pamela, or no, 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 um, no, Heather Locklear. Uh, yeah, yeah. They didn't really touch on. You know, how abusive he was because like it showed him like punching the mirror and then it like that that weird thing with the camera mm-hmm. and then just like okay that's it and it's like wait a minute no this yeah. was, that was a huge thing well you know i mean the same thing happened with straight out of Compton where they didn't really go into dr yeah, Dre being it, a, yeah they didn't talk about any of that stuff which i was actually surprised well i, I mean they produced the movie so you know yeah i but, mean yeah but i'm just surprised they didn't really mm-hmm. talk about it because um, that was that was like because they're, they're gonna go right into nikki six you know and mm-hmm. his you know whole thing with drugs it's like well i would expect for me yeah. personally, I was expecting something to talk about Tommy Lee, you mm-hmm. know, with him had a Locklear and that and that yeah. whole thing. Um, guess not. What was number five for you? Top five. My number five was Dolomite is my name. Love that movie so much. I did too. I saw my my uncle Mark, my very Christian uncle Mark, mm-hmm. and my aunt Kimmy. I didn't think they were gonna watch it. They shut it off because they don't like mm-hmm. those kinds of movies, like swearing and violence yeah, yeah. and all that. The only reason they watched it, I should Eddie you Murphy, not, because Eddie Murphy. Because yeah. I told him it was Eddie Murphy. It was and they saw Eddie so. Murphy. I love seeing Eddie Murphy back again, man. He hosted SNL, and have you seen that? I, did, I didn't, but I heard Bill Cosby it's, was really mad at the opening joke because it's well, all yeah. on YouTube. Because, well, first of all, Bill Cosby's a piece of shit, but also uh, his joke was like, if you would have told me 15 years ago I'd be a stay-at-home dad and Bill Cosby would be in jail, I would have taken that bet. <laughs> but, no, he, um, it's, I, I want to get into it later because it's also on my list, but I just, mm. I loved that movie. It was a great, you know, doing what, you know, uh, what's the word am I trying to say? It's, uh... Doing what you want to do in the face of adversity, you know. Yeah, because I mean, he even like the whole thing with like the, they're on the movie set. He's like comes like he's like all oh, these white boys he has up. It's like okay, okay, what do we do? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I've never done a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it it was good. Um, oh my god, I loved it so, so much. I'm glad you told me to watch it because my uncle Mark, mm-hmm. he was like, he was like, oh, oh, when <laughs> he was when he would go on there as Rudy Ray Moore, and he was like, fuck it up, motherfuckers, this is my game. Yeah, and he was like, oh, I'm like, it's Eddie Murphy. He's like, yeah, exactly. I know, but I. <laughs> He would, um, he sat through it. and I'm so happy that he did. Um, and then number four for me was El Camino. We just talked about it. Right. But again, I really liked it. It was such a small movie, but it felt really big. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, mm-hmm. or sorry, number four for you. Go ahead. Alita Battle Angel. Didn't see it, but I, I heard it was really good. I have it now on Blu-ray. I mm-hmm. watched it again. It was unexpected. I really wasn't expecting much out of it the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. It, it did something where the the eyes were the only thing that, that were kind of weird because they're you know, mm-hmm. really poppy. But oh, yeah. I thought it was a decent action movie. I mm-hmm. thought the story was good. I thought the, the CGI was actually pretty mm-hmm. decently well done. And I mean, I thought it was a great movie. There you go. Um, number three for me was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like okay. I said, I just I love the acting. I love that it, I mean, it didn't really have a story, but at the same time, it just, it's just kind of like a day in the life of these characters and you know yeah. and who they are and how it relates to everything with the Sharon Tate stuff and. Yeah. I thought all the it's really much a performance driven movie, not a story driven movie. Hmm. Uh, I loved Brad Pitt. I hope he gets nominated for an Oscar and possibly wins it because I don't know he he just he's good at playing the supporting sport supporting character. You know, he and really is. Leo was 
great as the guy who's like, oh, Rick, man. Rick Dalton. He's like, I'm washed up, old buddy. I'm, and I'm, I'm a has-been. It's just, it's it's kind of like a metaphor for Tarantino himself. He feels like, you know, I've kind of been past my prime, so what do I do now? Yeah. I mean, I think after he does, I think that was his He's last. got one more in the books. That's I think it's I the Star Trek. How, I don't know. One, I don't know if the Star Trek movie's going to happen. And two, I don't know if he's going to go out with only ten. I feel like he might make more. But I think he's it's going to be like Motley Crue, where they said they weren't going to tour again. But then, like as soon as like something happened to him, they're like, you know, we're just going to rip the contract. We're going to tour again. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, that if something goes wrong with him, or if he feels that like urge, you know, he might be like, hey, I know I said I was done, but I had something. I have some magic right here. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and then that part of the movie where you know Leo. He screws up his lines, and then he goes back to the trailer. And oh, gives my him... God. Well, da, 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 yeah, no, but then he, like, goes back and gives, like, an amazing performance. And I, then, I don't know. then he, he was, like, he was he said, like, some something to the, to the Mexican guy, and he was, like, that was fantastic. <laughs> and he was, like, thank you. God. Um, <laughs> it was all improvised. What's number three for you? John Wick 3, Parabellum. Never saw John Wick. I want to, but go John, ahead. okay, you haven't seen any of the John Wicks. Nope. Okay, so John Wick... Is, I know what happens. Okay, so you know movie. about the whole thing where yeah. why he does what he does. Yeah. Okay, so John Wick three continues basically off. I think where number where number two ended. Mm-hmm. Now the the it was well choreographed. The action was good. The story was great. Mm-hmm. You find more about the the world of the underground assassins, and um, you he you kind of explore more of John Wick's backstory as a character and him. You know his whole thing with the 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 school he goes to the school for assassins. Yeah, yeah. And, his trainer, you meet all these people that were his, that mm-hmm. what, that basically made him the way he was. Yeah, and the other thing I really like is the title Parabellum. It, it's Latin for prepare for war. There you go. So I thought that was I thought that was a pretty nice touch there mm-hmm. because they do you know excommunicado, they they do assassinorum, it, they do a lot of like you know Latin esque yeah. kind of yeah. things. So I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, and uh. it, it was just it was great. It, it diverged. From the first two movies, which the first one was about getting back at mm-hmm. that guy who, the guy's son killed who killed, his, it, who killed yeah. his dog, and then and he goes into John Wick Chapter Two, who he has to go basically after that guy's brother, mm-hmm. and then this one was kind of different, which I thought was really yeah. well. Um, well done. Number two for me was Dolomite is my name. I, I just loved Eddie Murphy. I loved the comedy. I just I loved seeing him back like doing what he does best, you know, and. I don't know how else to say it. was just, it's one of those, and plus the story of Rudy Ray Moore, you know, not a lot of people knew it because you look at those black exploitation movies like Dolomite and, uh, and Avenging, Disco Godfather. I was just going to say Avenging Disco, Disco Godfather. Disco Godfather. Bucky, what has he had? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And um, Shaft too. Don't forget about Shaft. Was he in Shaft? No, no, I don't know. I don't think he was in Shaft. Well, but that was still a black exploitation. That was still a black exploitation. But it's just um, that whole just his story. I didn't realize that he was like praise. He, he comes off in those movies as very different from what apparently he was like in real life because, you know, it's a persona. Yeah. And so the fact that Eddie Murphy had to play a guy who's playing a guy, you know. It's, and, and the other thing, too, it's like with the, with um, Dolomite, he kind of, he went out, like, he showed him, like, talk, talk, listen to bums and how they would talk. Mm-hmm. I, I think that when as I read it on Wikipedia, looking at Wikipedia, I think that was something that he did. He would listen to, like, bums and everybody yeah. could talk and he would just, like, create from what their, their dialogue. Yeah, make, yeah. Like, you know. And apparently that's, like, he's kind of credited with starting rap because, like, the way he talked and told his jokes, that he, was he, kind of... He inspired, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. And also uh, there's a scene in the movie he's like, oh, I've hung out with Red Fox, and Andy Murphy was a huge Red Fox fan. And yeah. Anyway, um, what was your number two? My number two was Jojo Rabbit. I mean, we talked about it. I just thought 
it was a great movie. I thought that it was emotional at times. I thought that the color was good. I thought that just the like that just the comedy that that was really subtle. Like, like mm-hmm. the fat friend at the end where he was like, "Yeah, now's not a good think, time to be." He's like, "No, no, good. Think we lost. <laughs> I could use a cuddle. I'm gonna go home now. Good to see you, JoJo." He's just. I yeah. thought I thought that the comedy was subtle, but it, you, you could also tell it was very black comedy. Mm-hmm. Not by the words, but just the context of what it was because well, these were the like scene... they were Hitler youths and literally they were surrounded bombed out mm-hmm. and and it's just like we're done well and the scene where he sees his mom dangling from a rope and it's just like oh yeah, my that, god that's because i wasn't expecting that where is it because no. i was wondering why it was he was looking at her shoes and i was mm-hmm. like oh, oh this is a quentin tarantino thing and then um you he did like he's looking and then it's just like pants he turns around see mm-hmm. the shoes and like oh no was that yeah i was like what is going on here and that whole scene where um, the tall whatever guy Stephen Merchant comes in and he's like hi Hitler hi Hitler and then yeah he's like, it's like, yeah, that, yeah. It's like that, that one movie where it's like doctor doctor yeah doctor. spies like us but yeah, yeah spies like us it just that was an intense scene without even being intense but anyway yeah, it really um, was yeah I, I really liked it too but I, it's my number eight um, so number one for me I know what your number one is yeah obviously we we have different I don't so I we like God if you say it's Endgame. It is Endgame. Oh my god! No, you're you're messing with me. I know you are. <laughs> but no, um, I really Endgame was my favorite movie of the year, just because I like those Marvel movies and the fact that they did a ten year, what's the word? You know what I'm talking about. It's, a it was, build up. It was a build up for ten years, and then they paid it off. Just like it, it was really, it was an emotional movie. If you followed these characters for a while, you know where Black Widow kills herself to save everyone. Thor, I thought, had a really great story, um, uh, just, uh, story arc. or an arc in that movie where he's just like, he he failed to kill Thanos, and so now he's just despondent, and he's just like, oh my god, I am a failure. So yeah. I like the scene with his mom, and um, you know, oh, she's yeah. like, you know, it's it's okay, everyone fails at who they're supposed to be, you know? It's yeah. just like, what are you going to do with it? And, and the he scene, knew she was going to go be off to go get killed, yeah, yeah, killed yeah. and he's like, don't go, and he's like, <laughs> she's like, no, I know it's going to happen. He grabs the hammer, he's like, I'm still worthy, but... Um, Man, when Captain America gets gets Mjolnir and, and you finally find out he's worthy enough to, you know, yeah, hold and, it. and um, when he just, man, the, when they fight Thanos at the end of that movie, man, how else can I say it besides it's just epic? It's like, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and just in terms of like... Massive stuff. Well, it, at first, because like in, in Infinity War, you didn't see really Captain America, Iron Man, or Thor together, but they were off doing their own things. In this movie, they're pretty much doing everything together, and... At the end of this, you see them fighting Thanos together, and you're just like, "Come on, beat his ass!" And it's just, I don't know. And I thought, um, what's his name? Paul Rudd was great in that movie because he's kind of like the catalyst for getting the events going. Because like, it takes place five years after Infinity War, like the world's just kind of like, "Well, we're screwed." And then Ant Man shows up, and he's like, "Hey, which, what honest, if we did? What if we did this with the quantum realm?" Which, to be honest with you, Thanos, he had a weird but logical way or reason for doing what he did Mm -hmm. and to be honest with you it's like he's like yeah like there was a planet like yeah they're overpopulated people were dying i killed half the population now there's enough food and resources for everybody it's like yeah cleaner water and it's like i want to hate that but because like it's but the thing too is it was fair Mm -hmm. it was not like okay so uh i get to save all my loved ones everybody else can go to hell Mm -hmm. it was you could literally lose your mother. Mm-hmm. You could lose your wife. You could mm-hmm. lose your brother. 
it didn't matter. It mm-hmm. was all at random, so it wasn't like a, a well, favoritism. I like too, just like like I said, the different characters of like Iron Man got his happy ending. He got to go have a wife and kid, and he got super lucky. And then the whole movie, he's like, "Hey, I'll do this, but we got to make bad. sure that I don't lose my stuff." I felt bad for Hawkeye. Well, no, it's like the opening scene is this whole family just getting. I know that's just, why just I felt bad. I felt bad for Hawkeye. Then became this like, um, mm-hmm. then J- Jeremy Reynolds becomes this like murder. Jeremy Renner, yeah, Renner, not Reynolds. Uh, Renner becomes this like assassin, assassin. yeah <laughs> but <laughs> no, just it's just like, it shows like what really would happen i wish they would have spaced it out a little more like you know no. waited like another three years before they did that but you know yeah, still I, I thought it was, i thought it was a good movie too but yeah. obviously we all know my number one because we talked about it well no let, let me real quick finish with endgame yeah. just that final thing where all the avengers show up like you know the people who get restored after hulk snaps them back they all come together to fight at the end you know you got like the guardians you got spider-man you got doctor strange and all those people you got the guardians um like the, the the Ravagers are there, and you get uh, the armies of Asgard, and you get. I know you people. I liked that A Force scene where the, you know you get the whole the, all the females together to fight. You know against. I uh, didn't hate it. I just yeah. thought Andrew Garfield was like a little <laughs> Tom like Holland. Like, but, like Tom, well, not Andrew Garfield. I keep I keep thinking all the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but, Tom Holland. I thought it was just kind of weird the way he uh, he was just kind of like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. No, and it actually made me kind of like Captain Marvel a little bit. Like, I thought where she's fighting Thanos and he tries to headbutt her and, and she's like, doesn't move. And he looks like, oh shit. And then I liked where uh, Scarlet Witch basically almost kills her, kills him herself. And yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, oh, it was done. And then one of my favorite memes this year was the thing where Kevin Feige's like, oh no, it was done at that point. And then somebody made a fake account as um, Tony Stark Star. He's like, why the fuck's my dad dead then? <laughs> but it, um, oh my God. it, it, just the scene where uh, you know the Avengers assemble scene where all the Avengers come together and just all fight Thanos. I can't describe it by any words besides epic, you know. And it's just yeah. it had been built up for years. We didn't even know we wanted it, and then and we got it. Yeah, I just uh, that's why it's my favorite of the year. It just it it satisfied all the things that we wanted, you know. And I don't know. It, tell me I'm wrong. But. No, 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 it was really good. It was a great action movie. I think it concluded the Marvel Cinematic Universe pretty damn well. Yeah, I like, you know, I was sad when Tony Stark died. I saw it with my mom the second time and she cried. Spoiler and then, alert. Oh my God, it's been out for a year. <laughs> I know. And then, um, what is it, with um, Captain America goes to live and goes to live his life, kind of just be what he wants to be. Mm. And Thor finally is like, I just don't have, I don't have anything to do. And I really hope he is in the third Guardians movie, but, you know, it, I, I've, I've talked about it, but I love that movie, so it's my favorite of the year. But I know your favorite of the year is Joker. Your listen, it was done well. It was a modern day character study, one that, in my opinion, had not been seen since uh, Taxi Driver. I mean, we've had a few character study movies. Don't get me wrong, but they pale in comparison to this movie because, like you had said, you and I had said the plot twist we did not see coming. Well, okay, so somebody spoiled it for me, but then I, you know, then yeah, they kind of yeah. went back on it, but yeah. So the the plot twist I didn't see coming. His whole build up, as you would think, like, oh, you're Bruce Wayne's son, so you think he's a, like that, and so then it's just like, you know, he has all these delusions, and then all this other stuff's happening. It's like, what's real and what's not mm-hmm. to this person, and then you find out all about his backstory. Well, it is kind of ambiguous at some points, too. It is, and then it's just like... This guy, who's uh, and then you see like the failure of 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 modern meta modern mental health where they're mm-hmm. like, 
He, he walks in, he's like, you don't listen, do you? He's like, all you do is ask me the same questions, you know. Mm-hmm. How's your job? Do you have any uh, negative like thoughts? How he kind of gets off his medicine, becomes, like, really more confident in who he is. And, yeah. yeah, and then the other thing, too, it leaves it open-ended, I think, in my opinion, at the end. Did he make the Batman? Was he the reason mm-hmm. that Joe Chill kind of, kind of, out? Yeah. That, was he the, did he inspire Joe Chill to shoot well, the Waynes? Yeah, he did. So it's like yeah, he did. Then at the end, where it's, it was, it was a theory I saw on. Uh, I think it was. And he's YouTube. laughing because he realized he, that because he's know. he's obviously much older. You see the mm-hmm. gray hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, he knows what he did. Mm-hmm. He he, he created the, he, Batman. He created his greatest uh, arch mm-hmm. nemesis. Mm-hmm. But like, well, and then I like too. It's like they don't actually say if he's the actual Joker or not because maybe he inspired another kid yeah. to become Joker. But the way like, that we know him, but but like in the ending too, where it was kind of funny, where he's like running around, they have the music playing, and it's like mm-hmm. super campy. That's and life, then, he, then, yeah. then he run around, he's like slipping on blood, and it's like, what the hell is going on here? God, yeah. I, I, like I said, I love the movie too. I just it's just not my personal it, it number is, one of the year. I will say though, it's like Silence. It is very hard to watch mm-hmm. because you, there's a couple scenes where I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, exactly. But this the movie, mm-hmm. I, I honest to God, I'm gonna buy it on Steelbook. Okay, I, I liked it a lot. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like we should also mention there's a couple movies that we wanted to see last year that we just did not have the time to see, and I feel like we should mention that. Hmm. Um, first off, Marriage Story. I've heard it's really good. I me just... too. Dylan told me about the mm-hmm. acting, and but for me, the thing was for me, it was about you know divorce and how they how the, mm-hmm. this couple handles it and their their battles and you know mm-hmm. all, the whole thing where it's like there they. Instead of just you know holding to each other for the sake of their own marriage, that mm-hmm. they end, they just kind of throw it in each other's faces. Like you know, I hated you because you're like this, because you did this, mm-hmm. and blah blah. I thought that was uh, like a really powerful concept. No, I just have not yeah. seen it, and I mean, it That's, wasn't my thing. Until my then. mom started watching it last weekend or something because yeah. she was like, "What is there to watch?" I'm like, "Oh, well, let's scroll." And we saw it was there. I'm like, oh, I've actually heard this really good. So if you want to mm-hmm. watch it, but um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, we, we'll talk about the the one I know you want to talk about here in a second, but um. 1917, we didn't get a chance to see that yet. It's not out not um, yet, unfortunately. I want to see Uncut Gems. I was going to mm-hmm. go see it this week. I just haven't had time with my job. Me neither. Um, big one that we really want to see. We just have not had three and a half hours to do it. The Irishman. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We keep hearing it's so good, and we just don't have three and a half hours to just sit and watch it. Literally don't. So, it, ugh, man, we still want to watch it. I'm sure... If we had time to watch it, it'd probably be like in our top five or top it three. It probably might. It probably, if it's as good as everyone says, it might beat out Joker. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time to watch all the movies we want to. And I don't so. want to, like, be that guy, like, oh, I'll watch an hour, then I'll watch another hour. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. I just don't want to do that. No. Because I've heard people do that, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. I have to watch the whole thing. Well, thank you all for listening to uh, our podcast talking about the movies of the decade in, the, in this past year i really appreciate you guys listening to us this rounds out the first year of uh well you know first three you know what i mean like the yeah. first year end of this for, current year it, this is the first one for movies the end of the decade so then we're starting the 2020 soon yep this is the last or the first episode of the new decade for us you know and and thank you all for listening to us you know i know we don't have as much as we'd like to do, but it's still fun for us to do it, and I just really appreciate if you've taken the time to listen to us. Um, yeah, I appreciate y'all as well. Yeah, it. we just really appreciate you listening to us, and we really want to know what you guys think. You know, you can tell us we suck, you can tell us we're awesome, whatever you want, but, you know, give me, a, give us, a, let us know. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us so much. We hope you guys had a great New Year, and Happy Christmas, and Hanukkah, and whatever holiday you celebrate. Hope you had a great time. 
And here's to the next decade of movies. Hopefully, have some good ones, man. I mean, thank God, emo culture's back. Roaring twenties, y'all. Go fuck yourself. All right, (laughs) I'm excited. All right, take it easy. I'm gonna go to hot topic. Yep, Yang Gang 2020. Bye.